Welcome to another episode of Ew, That's Creepy. Today, Jackie is going to be telling our second tale of Dying for Lies with the story of Sheila Hackmeister. After ending a marriage of more than 30 years, Sheila goes online to look for love. Did Sheila's online relationships lead her down a fatal path, or was it possibly something in her personal life? Be aware that this episode discusses a violent murder in child pornography. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Ooh, That's Creepy. We are here with another episode, and today we are continuing our theme of dying for lying. Ooh, you know we love some drama. Family edition, baby, because my story also has to do with a family. Yes. A family, family drama. So I'm just going to get right into it. We are going to be talking about Sheila Hackmeister. <laughs> Sorry, that last name. I know. It's a funny last name. Cam and I were watching a crime show the other day, and the last name was literally Lawnmower. <laughs> okay. Someone chose that on purpose. I know. So, this is featured in a Web of Lies episode. If you don't know what Web of Lies is, it's a show centered around crimes that happen on the internet. This is season three, episode 11 of that show. I love that show. Me too. So this happens in Topeka, Kansas, and the story starts in 2007, but um, the crime occurs, I believe, in 2011. So... In 2007, we have the Hackmeister family. Sheila is in her mid-50s. She's 54 at the time. She lived with her son, Jason. He was 33. And her husband, Bill. Bill traveled a lot. So, and Jason had moved back with them after he had gotten injured working as a restaurant manager. And Jason and Sheila were really, really close. They both enjoyed painting. Jason was really good at it. I think he was, like, really good at it, and Sheila just kind of enjoyed doing it, so it was something that they did together. Cute. Yeah, that is super cute. And he said that he was going to try to paint and sell his art online since he was, like, injured from the restaurant job. So that fall, Bill actually decided to end their 33-year marriage and move out. So... What? Just abruptly? Yeah. And it's it's really tough because Bill is... um, They talk about what he said on the show, and he said that the two were young when they got together and they weren't I don't I don't I seriously don't know if they were dating or if they were just friends but either way from what he makes it seem it doesn't seem like they were together very long when they first got together before Sheila got pregnant when she was only 19. Ouch. And so they had Jason and Bill said that the 
two married out of convenience and he believed that it was never true true love and more of just uh we'll make it work for the baby type of thing i can think of five couples like that yep we really can but i don't think sheila i think sheila was either really in love with bill or was just really did not see it coming because sheila took it really really tough I know, it It really breaks my heart. And she told her friends that she really thought that they would grow old together and watch the grandkids, which breaks my little heart. When people say but that... But then it's also for Bill, like, if you've been with someone for 33 years and you truly don't love them, it must be tough to just act like you do. He just needed to nip that shit in the bud like three years after you guys got together not 30 so. yeah like it's great that you guys did what you could for jason but when they separated jason was pissed and took his mom's side he was really upset they said he called bill all sorts of names said like you're not my dad like obviously you're my biological dad but he was like i don't consider you my dad and he was pissed so jason obviously took sheila's side and stayed with sheila in the house and bill moved out but sheila was really struggling she said told her friends and she has two sisters i believe she told her sisters that she didn't know who she was without bill she was struggling to find herself and bill you could do better girl i know right and one of the people they have on the show i believe it's sheila's sister named Rhonda. i'm almost positive they're sisters and not just best friends but Rhonda was there for sheila and said that she had actually met her second husband online after i think her friend Rhonda went through a divorce and met this guy online and they ended up getting married and it was great so Rhonda told sheila that she should make an online dating profile. Go online, girl. Yeah, it's hip these days. All the kids are doing it. Exactly. But Rhonda said on the show that Sheila just did not have that natural intuition, that natural online ability of, like, being able to tell when people are lying to you and when people have fake profiles. She's on catfish. Yeah, so if you're not super familiar with the internet, I could understand how you wouldn't really know But, I mean, her friends are the same age, and, like, her friend knew from the jump that Sheila wasn't, like, a natural... Yeah, she wasn't naturally keen to pick out people who could be lying to her. So, Sheila's, you know, going on the dating sites, and three months after she's online and doing the whole online dating gig, she meets a guy named Will Johnstrom. He is 15 years younger than her. He had really attractive pictures. He was really fit. He said he lived in Florida. So Sheila was kind of hesitant from the jump because she lives in Kansas. And she's like, you know, you're in Florida. But he, like, wanted to talk to her still and said that she was, like, so attractive. And he was younger and hot. He had a giant house. He sent Sheila pictures of an airplane. He had, like, a mansion. It seemed like he was the full package. Sheila also had a younger son named Aaron. I don't know why I didn't mention that earlier, so I'm sorry. But Aaron was 32 at the time, so just slightly younger than Jason. And he was a police officer, and he visited his mom often. 
And although he was happy that she was dating, he's obviously pretty keen to how people can get scammed online. And he didn't want, like, his mom to get scammed or anything like that. So he was trying to teach her, basically, how to use the internet safely. Yeah. And this guy she's talking to sounds too good to be true. Right. But Sheila pretty quickly becomes infatuated with Will and is really into him. And even though her family is a little nervous, she's, like, not dissuaded from continuing this and seeing where it goes. So one day Will asks Sheila to send him a sexy pic. And even though she's, like, I'm assuming she's never sent sexy pics before because she's in her later 50s, she's a little hesitant. She doesn't really know, but... Uh, history, I'm assuming history on her computer showed that she did send a little sexy pic to Will. And that is when Will kind of changes the dynamic of their relationship into something more sexual and says that he is really into BDSM, which I'm I'm sure Sheila probably had no idea about. (laughs) She doesn't even know what that means. Yeah, and, like, on the show, on Web of Lies, like, they make it, like, the actress of Sheila is, like, Googling, like, what is BDSM? Like, I don't know if she really did, but it's possible that she could have looked it up. She probably did. But Sheila was interested in him, so she didn't want to, I don't think she wanted to, like, completely say no, so she kind of just was like, like, what do you like? Like, let me hear about it. She's like, I had, like, my pigtail pulled once. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Which, I'm also going to say, too, if you like things that are vanilla, that's totally fine. And you shouldn't have to act like you don't. You should just be honest, and that's completely fine. You don't have to try to stretch yourself or push yourself in any way, especially a sexual way, if you're not comfortable for that. So true. So... Sheila's sons are both concerned, and Aaron and Jason talk at one point and are worried. But Aaron says that Jason seems like he's a little bit more worried, kind of about his mom, like, moving on with a new guy. So I think he just didn't really, wasn't over the divorce still, whereas Aaron was more like, you're going to get scammed, Mom. Yeah. (laughs) So Sheila was not, though like, playing it safe. She was still looking online, and she meets a new guy whose name is Matt. He loves dogs, loves the outdoors, is a photographer, and he also lives in Topeka. So, this one seems, like, more real. He's closer. So, Sheila, they talk, and she decides to actually meet up with him. So, during this time, Will is still messaging Sheila a lot and won't let it go. I'm not sure if he knew that Sheila was, like, going on dates with other people, but I also don't think that this was, like, a huge romantic thing. Right, it seems more sexy. Yeah. And for Sheila, that might be... She probably wants that. She was just in a marriage for a long-ass time. I'm sure once the initial sadness wore off, she wanted to explore. So yeah, she needs to be... Taught a little and learn. Yeah. So, Will eventually asks Sheila to send a a video of herself in a submissive, sexy pose. He said in return he would, like, send her the same thing, I think. But Sheila only received pictures from him. She never received a video. And all the pictures were kind of, like, blurry. His face wasn't fully in it. 
catfish signs 101 but if Leave, you're Mac, yeah. cammy right cammy i love cammy but if you're not familiar i guess you wouldn't think it's that big of a deal so eventually sheila reveals will to her friends and her sisters and she shows pictures of will to her sisters and Rhonda is kind of like girl i'm not trying to be rude but he's so hot and he's young and rich like she literally said like what would he want to do with old girls like us like kind of joking around but she was honest she was like he's young and hot like are you sure and yeah they were honest with sheila and they said sheila was not deterred at all and said she was gonna go visit him in florida and they're like are you sure And Rhonda said that the way that Sheila said yes, no hesitation. Like, she was excited. She wasn't scared. Like, this was something that was thrilling and enticing to her. And to the point of uh, Rhonda, it's kind of like if you were so young and hot, you'd be so eager to send pictures of yourself and videos with your face fully in it. Oh, my God. So, so true. We all know... People who have really nice bodies want to show that off. On social media. On dating sites. Yeah, and honestly, as you should, because when you work hard for something, you want to show it off. But it's definitely sus that he isn't sending pictures. And they say that Sheila is a very private person, so it was kind of hard to gauge the relationship, like, from the outside looking in. But one night... I think Sheila's two sisters both stayed over Sheila's house. It seems like they're very, very close. Probably what we'll do when we're in our late 50s. They sleep over Sheila's house. And at one point, one of the sisters wakes up to pee, I think, or like get a glass of water or something at 3 a.m. And Sheila was still up on the computer talking to Will at 3 a.m. Sheila. Yeah, so the sisters, they can just tell that it's getting more intense, and Sheila is, like, mentioning meeting up with him and stuff like that. However, on... So this is, like, going on. I don't know how long their relationship actually went on, but at this point in the story, it is 2011. So Sheila has been talking to Will for some time. It's September 10th, 2011, and Jason had ran out to run some errands, do stuff like that during the day. He comes home and finds his mother, Sheila, in a pool of blood, and she is unresponsive. No. Sadly, Sheila had been brutally murdered. No. I know. Sheila. It sounded like Sheila was the coolest, coolest person. Really? So, Bill, the ex husband, I don't know if he got a call or what, but he shows up around 6 p.m. And he's like, you know, what's going on, all that stuff. And he says, like, he was shook. He actually said that his phone was ringing in his pocket and he was so shook that somebody tapped him and was like, are you going to get that? He didn't even hear the ringing of his phone. Bill is told that Sheila had been stabbed and strangled to death. So... The night that, that night, they obviously bring in Jason into interviewing since he found his mom. They say, you know, tell us, like, all, everything, all that you did. He said he left around 1130 that morning through the garage door, but he didn't talk to his mom that day. He just got up and left and returned five hours later, and that is when he found her. He also told them about all the online guys that Sheila had been talking to. It was like, I mean, she just talked to, like, all these guys online. 
So there is two um, police footage on the Web of Lies show. I don't know if that would be on YouTube or not, but there is some actual crime scene footage that police took of Sheila's house. It is creepy because it's pretty dark, obviously very still, but the radio is blasting and the dogs are barking in the other room. Ew, that's so weird. Yeah, super creepy. Sheila's shirt was pulled up and she had more than 20 stabs in the head. The killer had then gotten up and gotten a piece of twine and put it on her back and wrapped it around her neck and pulled until Sheila died. So the killer had stabbed the F out of her and then left her for a moment or two to go find a piece of rope and come back and strangle Sheila. So the detectives felt like from the jump this was someone who knew Sheila because it's pretty brutal. Yeah, they were trying to make sure she was dead after you did all these horrible things to her body. Like, Yeah. So the detectives found blood on the murder weapon, on the ligature, and they found blood in the bathroom sink when they luminaled the whole house, which showed that the killer had gone to the bathroom and washed up after the crime. So... Bill was also interviewed that night, and there is, like, footage of him and him and Jason in the interrogation room together. They let them two talk, and it is interesting because I don't, I wonder if they had talked at all before this happened because they had such a strained relationship, but they're both crying and hugging, and they're obviously both grieving and not Like, they're putting their differences aside in Sheila's death. Mm -hmm. So, Sheila was partially clothed, but there was not evidence that she was sexually assaulted. They found papers that had lots of names of men on them around her computer. A lot of the names, like, from guys that she had been talking to. But they show a picture of one of the paper, and literally it's like the whole paper has names on it. So, I don't know how many guys Sheila was actually talking to. Damn, Sheila. Yeah. So, a few days later, they get Sheila's computer, and this is when they start to find a lot of, like, sexy messages, and I'm assuming they're from Will. I don't know if they're from other men, but they uncover messages on these dating sites, like, do you want to be a submissive? Would you be tied up? What are your safe words? And a good amount of talk from Will about how he enjoyed choking during sex, which was interesting because Sheila was strangled to death. Oh, no. So since Sheila was strangled, they had a strong suspicion of this Will character because of all this, like, aggressive type of sexual things that they were talking about. So detectives try to look up stuff about Will, and they can't find anything that validates him as a real person. They look up the tail fin number from the airplane that he sent Sheila a picture of, and it does not match any registered planes in the area, like, in anywhere, not in Florida. So, they assume that it was, like, he had photoshopped this number on this plane to make it look realistic. They discovered that Will had hid his IP address so they can't trace him and can't find him. What? The only thing they had for Will was a number for him that he and Sheila had used to text. But when they called it, it didn't have a real voicemail and the phone was a prepaid phone. 
So there was no subscriber information. Oh, my God. He's like a ghost. Yeah. So even though they're, like, positive that Will's the catfish, they don't know who it is. But they don't have any evidence, and there's no indication that Will and Sheila actually ever met up or that she went to Florida or anything like that. But they do find evidence that Sheila had met the other guy named Matt that we talked about, the photographer, the outdoorsy guy who actually did live in Topeka, They had met six days before her death and had stayed the night together at a hotel. Oh, well, check a while. Yep. So they wanted to check him out, but Matt was working in Texas that day and was cleared. So they're in a little bit of a tizzy now. They're like, we thought this would be somewhat easy. And the two main suspects, they can't, they don't even know who Will is and it wasn't Matt. I thought for sure you were going to say Matt and Will are the same person. (laughs) Girl, no, because Matt is actually real and quite normal. Damn, I thought that was going to be the twist. Right. So, a bit later into the investigation, the detectives received something suspicious in the mail. They received anonymous Bible pages that had letters underlined in them. And when you put the letters together and spelled out words, it was basically a confession from the real killer. It said something about him hitting, it said something like this real killer had hit on Sheila at a bar and Sheila had denied him, so they stalked her for some days and then got a bump key to get inside of Sheila's house when they waited for her to come home and then they strangled her and beat her. A bump key can open, like, all tumblers and all things, I guess, and you don't have to force your way in. I've never even heard of that, but it seems sketch. Why does such a thing exist? I don't know, but that's what the killer said in the letter. So, the author of the letter clearly knew a lot of details, and these were not public details. And the letter also said that the killer wanted the recognition and would kill again. So, they were a little shook. As weeks went on, they got more letters that were written in code, but actually handwritten this time and signed bye-bye. Ew. They said they were, whoever it was, said that they were writing the letters because they wanted clout from it and they wanted the recognition, but the letters had no DNA or fingerprints on them. In November of 2011, so two months after Sheila got killed, they finally got the DNA results back, which showed that the DNA on the rope belonged to a male member of the Hackmeister family. So her own family? Yeah. They can't tell who, but they can tell it's a male from her DNA, like a male from the Hackmeister family. That was left on the ligature on the rope. So she could have been murdered in a 12-hour period And so the detectives were quite hesitant with this information from the start, but they obviously had to investigate all the Hackmeister men. So they start with Bill and Aaron. Aaron, pretty easy to track down. He's a cop, so he was at work that day, and it was easy to clear him. Bill was in a different part of Kansas, he said, so that basically only left Jason. Bill was her ex-husband, right? Yeah, Bill's the ex-husband. But even so, Jason found her. So they're not like, if his DNA was there on the ligature, they're like, he could have just, you know, touched her or tried to do CPR or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So they bring Jason in again and interview him again. 
he said he got coffee. Specifically, this was his day. He went to Starbucks, then Dillard's, then Lens Crafters, then Success Vision, then to Kohl's, Walmart, Barnes & Noble, to visit his grandpa in assisted living, to high V, a gas station, and then back home. Pretty that, filled day. That sounds like the kind of day you like plan to give yourself an alibi. Who goes to all those different stores in one day? That's a lot of stores to go to in one day. Maybe someone does, but I would not have the energy to go to Walmart and Barnes and Noble because both of those suck the life out of me. And I, kind of like why Kohl's and Walmart? Like, it, what I don't are you know. getting? Yeah, I don't know. But they look and check that and see that he actually did go to all those places. They saw him on the Starbucks, like, on the Starbucks video. Holy shit. They saw him in the assisted living place. But he was only gone for five hours. So they're like, that's still, you know, the 12-hour window. He still could have done it. Mm -hmm. And they were kind of in a crossroads at this point. But they brought him in again and were, like, just going to ask him about it. And Detective Dickey, he's the main detective and the one who interviews Jason, he asked him, at any point, did you touch your mom's body? Did you touch the ligature? Did you try to do CPR? Like, anything like that. But he doesn't say really why he's asking. He just says it. Jason swears he never touched his mom, swears he called the police. He's very sure that he did not touch her. And Detective Dickey just goes straight into it and says, uh, you committed this crime, you killed her, the DNA was there, so what do you have to say for yourself? He thought he was going to, like, catch Jason off guard, but Jason kept his cool the whole time and basically just said he didn't do it and he wasn't involved. So Detective Dickey just let him go at that point because the, the only evidence against Jason was on the ligature and, yeah, they're like, maybe he punched it and forgot, I don't know. So they let him go, and they have hit a wall again until they receive a phone call from an erotic dancer who specialized in bondage play and BDSM-type play. Love it. At her club. Yeah, that's cool. Um, She had called the homicide department and said that, like, one of her clients had said that they killed Sheila. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? (laughs) So they go to the club and talk to her. She says a guy had come in one night, was buying drinks for everyone, throwing around money like it was no big deal. He said, how does it feel to dance for a cold-blooded murderer? And she thought he was just, like, kidding and trying to just maybe impress her in some weird way, but he was pretty persistent about it, and he grabbed her and pulled her close to him and said he had killed his mom. Oh, my God. Yeah. She's like, I'm just trying to bounce these cakes for the money, so. (laughs) Literally. So, I don't know if he, like, left and came back that night or came back the next day, but regardless, after that conversation, he came back to this dancer and was like, I just want to clarify what I said. He's like, no, I really did kill my mom, and I hacked that fucking bitch to death, was the direct quote. That he told the dancer. That just, like, honestly gave me chills and put anxiety into my stomach. The way that someone would talk about another human like that. And also the fact that he went out of his way to find her and clarify. Yeah, like, you went... What was the point of that? And your mom. Like, why... What do you think this erotic dancer... What do you think she's gonna say? Like, she's gonna be like, okay. (laughs) Jason is weird as hell. 
Ew, he's a freak. Yeah, so he had also told her that he had to replace the carpets and blinds because there was so much blood all over the place. She's like, are you tipping me for this? Yeah, she's like, I'm not your therapist, bro. But after this, after what she says, the detectives end up arresting Jason. And it's also like Jason was never in the public as a suspect. So it's not like some ironic dancer just heard this on TV or whatever people say about for some reason erotic dancers and are like untrustworthy. No. Yeah, because as far as she knows, he it has he's nothing just a client. to do with this case. And yep. he's a random client. Mm-hmm. So they do arrest Jason at this point because they have like some good evidence. And he is awaiting his indictment. And he sends, they catch Jason sending a mystery letter And in the letter, it claimed that someone killed his mom. And when they find that letter, they start thinking of, like, the other letters that they had received. And so a a good amount of different evidence comes out in trial that was not in the Web of Lies episode. In his defense, Jason says that the mysterious man, Will, is the one who killed his mom. And he sticks to it and says that the detectives never figured out who Will was, so they didn't meet their burden and they didn't, like, exhaust all their leads. The prosecution presented evidence that there were a couple bloody footprints in the house that looked staged since there wasn't any other blood around and there wasn't any forced entry or anything like that. And the footprints were a size smaller than Jason's. During the interview when Jason and his dad were left alone for a couple minutes that day that Sheila had been killed, Jason had told his dad that they took Jason's shoes because they found footprints at the crime, but they had already told Jason that his feet were too big, so it couldn't have been him. Even though detectives had never told Jason that and had never mentioned the shoe size or, like, they probably did take his shoes, but I don't think they mentioned, like, Oh, it's not you. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely, he just threw that little tidbit in there. Yeah. And when, also when Jason was initially interrogated, he told the detectives, like when they asked, are there any valuables in the house? Anyone who'd want to rob your mom? Jason said that his mom had some jewelry, $6,000 in cash, a valuable Buddha statue, and a computer. All of these items were not located in the house, and they were, like, the only things that were specifically gone, so they assumed that Jason took those items out of the house before and then said that to make it seem like they had been... Yeah. And detectives also presented evidence of people who had run into Jason that day, including the barista from Starbucks who waited on him and said that Jason was a regular. Also that day, he was wearing a neon orange shirt, like a construction shirt, so... It's so obvious everywhere he goes that it's him. Like, it seems like if you wanted to be spotted, you would wear the most noticeable shirt you could. Right. So the barista said that that day, yeah, Jason was a regular, so she was familiar with him. But that day he had said that his mother died. And obviously this was before he found her. Oh, my God. And then people at the nursing home said that Jason looked super tired and worn out and, like, wasn't making eye contact with people like he normally did. And he normally stayed there for, like, an hour or so, but this time he only stayed for 10 minutes. So it's like, why'd you even come? Yeah. There was also a taped interview with Jason where he had said that his mother suspected him of stealing her wedding ring. And Sheila 
finally the prosecution presented evidence, which to me is pretty damning, that Sheila had told her friends that her relationship with Jason was deteriorating, and the day before her death, she had talked to a close work friend who she had told that she was going to ask Jason to move out because he was disrespectful and would call her a bitch. (gasps) Hell no, you never say that about your mother to your mother. Right? So, at Sheila's last therapy session in August, I would assume she probably went once a month if she was killed in, in September, she told her therapist that the next time she came in, she wanted to talk about her son. And let's also check this real quick. Sheila is a very private person. So for her to even say that Jason called her a bitch to a work friend, I'm sure it took a lot of, like, balls from Sheila. And it had I'm to have sure... been bad for her to want to disclose that. Yeah, and it's also, like, Sheila's a private person. There was probably so much going on behind closed doors that she didn't tell anybody. Oh, yeah. And additionally, Jason had not been working outside of the home since... July 2011, but he said he was day trading for income, so he was kind of lying about his finances. And at the time of Sheila's death, she had a 72000 pay of death benefits and a $200,000 life insurance policy, and Jason received $36,000 from that pay. They also discovered that Aaron had suspected Jason was involved in Sheila's death and had filed a wrongful death claim to stop the life insurance proceeds from being paid out to Jason. What? His own brother. Yeah, and this happened, like, early on. So they said that they theorized that this really pissed Jason off, and so this was when he began writing the anonymous letters and called in an anonymous crime stoppers tip stating two subjects outside of kansas city were involved in the death of sheila hackmeister and the two sons of sheila were not suspects <laughs> like who and okay who in crime stoppers would say that mm-hmm. so while jason was also in prison he had asked a friend named brandon wallace to mail a letter for him t- for another inmate on behalf of another inmate and this letter ended up being one of the letters from the real killer There were also two other dancers from a different club who testified that Jason had talked about his mother's death during lab dances and that he had been the prime suspect but had gotten away with it. And a big, big piece of evidence that detectives found on Jason's computer was child pornography. So Jason was charged with possession of child pornography and after that charge... An anonymous letter started talking about child pornography. So they think that Jason was going to try to say that this anonymous killer planted this child pornography on his computer and it was never Jason. Death by electric chair. Yeah. And Jason had also told his friend, um, Brandon Wallace, that the real killer planted child pornography on his computer. So, Jason was found guilty and sentenced to 50 years in prison. He appealed this in 2019 on the basis that the child pornography stuff shouldn't have been allowed into court, but uh, the court said no, and they quashed his appeal. Sadly, Aaron says that he considers himself an only child. He doesn't consider Jason his son anymore. He's his brother. 
<laughs> yeah, his brother. They assumed that Jason did this because his mom was going to cut him off, was going to kick him out. And also, they think that Jason can tell that Sheila was... She wasn't just going to, like, roll over after this divorce and live with Jason her whole life. And I definitely think Jason just wanted that. So he didn't want the change. And when Sheila started dating other guys, he was like, I'm going to lose my money bag. So is Jason Will? That is one thing. They never figured out who Will was. Fuck. Ever. But I don't think, I don't think it's Jason because she met, like, other guys that were real. And that is so creepy to me, one, that this person named Will was clearly catfishing her. So what was their intention? They were getting sexy pics from her. So who knows if they were going to blackmail her with these pics? Yeah. Or what? But they never figured out who Will was. They never even figured out where he was from. They don't even know if he's from the U.S. They figured out nothing about Will. But it is one of those things where, like, maybe if it was her son, he was going to get the pictures and use them to blackmail his mom, like, further down the road or something like that. Or, like... Yeah. And you know what I wonder, too? I really wondered if somehow Sheila found the child pornography on Jason's computer if they're together all the time and, like, she's using a computer now, too. Like, there's no evidence that she did. But, I mean, she said, like, I want to talk about my son. I'm going to next therapy. Like, that could have been the straw that broke the camel's back. I don't even think about that. Oh, my God. That is crazy. Now I'm totally... I was, like, so this whole time worried about who Will was. It's I'm so bummed we don't know. I know. And it's kind of... It's a little, it's interesting that this was featured on the Web of Lies episode, and I think that's, like, I think the show just wanted to tell the stories, though they, like, looked for a niche to bring it in, but this really has nothing to do with the internet. Or who she met on the internet. No, I just think that this, and it is true, like, that could have been a really easy way for Will or, I mean, Jason, to blame it on some other guy. But then how would they have not found it when they took Jason's computer and clearly found child porn? Because he, maybe because he blocked his IP address. If he just didn't have the apps up, how would they have known that he was Will? Like, because they can at least... His history? Yeah, but they can at least see from your computer if you have, like, an IP address or, like, a VPN. Like, they could have been able to tell from his computer if he would, if Jason's computer was using an IP address. Yeah, it's hard to say because on one hand, it's like, I agree with you, and I do think it's a random catfish on the internet who probably just didn't care and, like, never found out that she was murdered because you it was Still just, never know. Yeah, or it could have been Jason who was doing this to have, like, to set up this, like, f- scapegoat and say, no, it could have been this person online and yeah. stuff. It seems too easy of a scapegoat for it not to be Jason, but then it's like... There's no evidence. There's no evidence whatsoever, and it just seems crazy that if it was him, how would he be able to hide it off his total computer? And he'd be messaging his mom at 3 a.m., like, from the other room down. Like, that seems... Like, he'd be messaging his mom And basically... Sexting. Yeah, sexting your mom, getting nude photos from your mom. Disgusting. And... Like, you, like, Jason would basically be convincing his mom to go down to Florida, which is not what Jason wants. Like, he wants his mom to stay there and just let him mooch. Yeah. 
That is so true. So there were so Uh, many lies, like, going on. It's kind of crazy. I mean, I wouldn't say that Sheila was lying, but she wasn't... I mean, who would... You're not going to tell your family that you're in a hot, sexy, sexting BDSM relationship. Like, you're not going to do that. But it's just crazy that you'll never know who Will was. Damn it. I feel like I'm about to go do an online investigation with the five tidbits of information. They need to get Neve and Max in there to try to figure out. Max is gone now. It's my girl, Cammy. They need to get Neve and Cammy up in there to, like, figure that out. Because that one... I kept thinking that that was going to be the way the episode ended, but no, they never figured it out. It's just like, this person could maybe have some insight. If it wasn't Jason, they could say, like, well, yeah, but in this conversation, she said this about her son, so I don't know, but... I just, like, want this story to get more popular, too, because I think with catfishes, you definitely, like, get lazy and they slip up. So I wouldn't be surprised if this person didn't use the same pictures or use the same airplane photo with a different number on it. And slipped up on another profile. Yep, yeah. yep, because I highly, highly doubt. I bet you any money this was someone looking for older divorced women who thought that they eventually could get them to send them money or just wanted to blackmail them with nudes, something. But either way, I highly, highly doubt a catfish did this to Sheila and then stopped. It's so true. Oh my gosh. We should make, we should do an online investigation. We should. That's such a crazy story. That's my tale. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And Jason, he's not a bad looking guy. He actually really reminds me kind of uh, how Chris Watts looks. So, He's a f- average guy. What was he sentenced to again? I believe 50 years. I That's what the TV show said. I should have, like, double-checked that. I couldn't really find out. I don't think he has the chance of parole, but either way, that happened when he was in his 30s, so 50 years. He, he would be in his 80s. He clearly never admits to it, obviously. No. he, he Even now, he maintains his innocence. And after I watched the show, I kind of was like, oh, well, maybe he didn't. Like, maybe they did just somehow get the DNA on the ligature. But, like, those letters, which, first of all, they don't mention, really, the letters that much on the show. But, like, there were just too many. And the fact that he gave it to a friend of his, and that was the letter from the real killer. Like, come on now. And the one letter was like, her sons have nothing to do with this, by the way. After, only after Aaron said that he was going to investigate it as a wrongful death so that Jason wouldn't get the money. Then that's when these letters even began. And then Jason probably just felt pressured to keep the letters going. Yeah, for his own brother to accuse him, that takes a lot to point the finger at your own brother in such a desperate time. So I, I think it's Jason. I believe that. I believe it, too. I think they had a lot of evidence. Yep. Clearly, the only real question is who is Will and why did Jason need to do this to poor Sheila? Exactly. I'm so sad. I hope Sheila's memory lives on forever because she just seemed like a great woman who just wanted to literally find herself again. I know. It breaks my heart that after Sheila went through that. Her own family. Her own son. It just breaks my heart. After he was so mad that the dad left her, you're just going to kill your mom? I know. That part just really gets me because it's like their relationship at the beginning, they were so close and stuff. And then you're just literally telling erotic dancers, anyone who will listen, that you 
killed her so brutally. I don't understand. I hate Jason, I think. Yeah, it's a rough one, but thanks for listening, and I hope it was still crazy, and I hope that we can all remember Sheila, because this story does not get told that often, and Sheila should be, like, remembered. Yep. And also, for all, we know that most of you guys are probably, like, in your early 20s and around that age. Help your parents if they're getting back on the internet. Yeah. If they're out of a divorce, help them because they're always telling us to be safe. But there are so many stories where it's older people who are meeting someone dangerous off the internet. It's not just younger people, so. Exactly. If you see your friends struggling with the internet and you see anybody doing things and it just seems like they don't know help them this stuff it's not just getting your feelings hurt like these people can be dangerous mm-hmm. or ask for help don't be afraid exactly we will stalk anybody if someone asks us to online just online <laughs> yeah thank you so much you guys for listening and we hope you guys love this theme and this episode and we hope you come back soon Yep, and let us know your thoughts if you want more dying for lying themes that aren't family. If you want them couples, let us know. We love you guys. We appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Want to creep on us? Follow us on social media at ew, that's creepy podcast, or send us an email at ew, that's creepy podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, creepy cats.